and we're recording. I don't even think I need to record an intro because that could just be a, a generic funky do you, tune. Do you have the trademark rights for that? <laughs> I feel like if it's built into a podcast interface. Yeah, funky tune A. Yeah, okay. you should be. <laughs> I mean, it's, it won't be exclusive to me, but that's okay. I really like that. Uh, welcome to the Porch Club Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica, uh, but you can call me Jess because we're all friends here. <laughs> In super formal <laughs> from the get-go. <laughs> Today, I have a really special guest with me. It's my friend, Jenny. And I was thinking about this last night, but this is really appropriate because you're my first PCP guest. And you were also my first Porch Club guest. Oh, I was. You were. Hey, you had been here for like eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first day I moved in. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really special. For you, the listener, Jenny is an English teacher. She has celiac, so she is a gluten-free queen. She does wood burning and a bunch of other creative endeavors. She's a badass rock climber. Is that what we call Sometimes, that? yeah. <laughs> a freaking awesome runner she just is a jack of all trades and i'm always inspired by her and in awe of her and also i'm really excited to have you on this show and i want to have you on it a million times because i think you're one of my most intentional friends like you live with so much intention you put in the work to heal and you love like no one else so welcome wow what an intro thank you i was gonna maybe cry from the kick i figured we'd make it through like most of the episode uh yeah i'm so excited to be here We're sitting at the kitchen table i don't know if you know this about me but like sitting around a kitchen table is like one of my most appreciated things when you can just like sit at a table like for hours with people like after you've eaten dinner like the communal gathering of sitting at a table is one of my favorite things I did not know that. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. My friends, like in high school, we used to always joke that at my parents' house, we would sit around the kitchen table until like one o'clock in the morning. And that like the kitchen table at my parents' house is like very sacred that I'll probably end up with it someday. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so funny because I have not spent significant time at a table at all. I feel like it's decorative for me. And I didn't have that growing up. I, I don't think I, I was sat on the couch with my friends or the floor more than likely pillow forts, stuff like that. But I don't think I spent much time at a table ever, but now it feels really special that you said that. Yeah. I love the kitchen table. That's in my apartment. I like made sure, which I never have this many people over, but I can fit eight people at my kitchen table, which is just like, yeah, you have a huge table. Yeah. It's like, I was very intentional about like, I'm like, I have to be able to sit and have a formal dinner, which is not something I actually do. But if I have the linens to do it, if I ever wanted to. Let's do it. Yeah, we should have, a, yeah, like a fancy Friendsgiving, maybe. That would be so fun. Yeah. I love Friendsgivings. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. <laughs> um, I also think it's ironic because I recorded my episode last night in my office, and then tonight is at my kitchen table, and it's called the Porch Club Podcast, and we have yet to actually sit on the porch to record an episode. It would be. It would be a little cold right now. That's true. And it's really dark. It is 7.30 and pitch black outside. So that's a good point. Is the intention, though, eventually to get the porch to a place where, like, you get somebody on the podcast and you're like, here is a full snowsuit and a cup of coffee. We're going to go sit outside. Like, is that is the eventual goal that everyone has to sit on the porch? 
It's going to be optional for the cold weather mugs. If That's someone fair. doesn't want to braid the elements, I'm not going to force them to. But a couple of my friends were like, we should absolutely don up in snowsuits and sit out there with gloves and hot cocoa and blankets. And I think that'd be really fun. And eventually I want to make this an audio visual podcast. So I think it'd just be really funny to just... I love that. I'll be. I'm definitely in for one of those episodes. Just yes, bundled okay. up. Okay. I got a heated vest. And I'm ready. A heated vest. Yeah. So I outside. I work uh, like the arrival duty for school. So I'm outside every morning, which is nice for like three months of the year. And the rest of the time, it's like I just shiver. Uh, and so I got a heated vest for Christmas last year. And it has like, it heats the pockets and then there's like a chest heating and a back heating and you wear it under your coat. It is a big game changer living in Buffalo. 10 out of 10 would recommend to to a friend. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, it was like 40 bucks on Amazon. Oh, easy. I didn't even know that existed. Mm-hmm. I'm a little afraid that sometimes that it might like light me on fire. <laughs> uh, like if you like sometimes when you buy something on Amazon that you're like, this is... This is a small oven I'm wearing on my body that like there the risk of error maybe maybe exists there, but I think I'll be fine. How hot does it get? <laughs> it gets like uh, not it's not that hot, but like it, it's it, they're heating elements on fabric, right? Like mm, okay. I don't know. I maybe don't know anything about the science of of wearing heated clothing. Maybe we could get somebody on here to to <laughs> tune in next to <laughs> an expert on heated clothes. <laughs> I feel like it would be comparable to a heated blanket, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I guess like a heating pad. There's lots of those things don't ever make me nervous. I like put a straighter and curling iron just straight up in my hair and they don't light on fire very often. So yeah, yeah, that's fine. I was overthinking that. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like I spend so much of my time in my brain thinking about my thoughts, the common sense shit. Sometimes I just sound like an idiot. I like, I'm like, I didn't think that one through because I was thinking about my feelings and my friend's feelings and my friend's friend's feelings. And, <laughs> and like, just like, I'm like, oh, heated vests. In, there's like materials that are not flammable. That makes sense. <laughs> I feel like I can relate to that. Yeah. Who has time to think through practicality when we have feelings and yeah. emotions and crazy things like that? I was curious. I was thinking about this on the way here. What is your Enneagram type? Do you know your Enneagram type? No. Have you? Oh, as a, fe- <laughs> as a feeler and a deep friend, you, have you ever taken the Enneagram test? I have not. I think that you have to do that for homework. Okay. Um, do you know anything about the Enneagram? Not really. Okay. I don't, I'm not an expert on the Enneagram. My friends in college were a big fan of it, but I am a four, which is like the individualist, which basically means that like, I have a lot of feelings, but I also have to be very unique. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I have feelings, but my feelings are like nobody else's uh, to be dramatic. But like, it's, it's definitely, I'm like on the spectrum. I'm the biggest, like the biggest feeler of all the, of, there's like nine, I think. Mm-hmm. And four, I think is like the biggest feeler. So I love my feelings. I also hate them, but <laughs> they're with me all the time, forever and ever. I love that you have big feelings though, because I feel, for the most part, I feel like I'm also a big feeler and I live in my emotions all the time. And I, I do love them because I feel like, I don't know, isn't that the point of humanity? Like the point of being human to just feel all these feelings and learn how to live with them peacefully and joyfully? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think, I don't. I, yeah, what is the point of humanity? That's a big. That's a big question, Jess. Uh, <laughs> we don't have to. Yeah. That right now. <laughs> no, I think. Uh, 
I, I think in my little mind, the point of humanity is that we're supposed to take care of each other. And I think being no, I mean, we're just going to put this out here. No longer really identify as Christian, but very much raised Christian. I think that sort of stuck with me. The like kindness that we're here to like take care of each other, but not all the other stuff really. We kind of, we kind of de- deconstruct all the other stuff, but I think that that feels like when I think about my life and the purpose, it's like to take care of each other and whether that be on like a micro or macro scale. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like you and I had pretty similar backgrounds growing up in the church. And then later, whether we want to call it deconstruction or whatnot. Running away from it (laughs) actively. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But there are so many things. And I feel like this could be another episode in itself that maybe we should reconvene and talk about in full depth. But there are a lot of things that I'm grateful for that I Mm -hmm. learned growing up. And I think that is one of it. One of them as well, like servitude and... um, yeah, just being kind to one another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sometimes it feels like a little bit burdensome because I think I was very much like, I remember there was this acronym that I learned at some point that was like, Jesus first, other second, yourself last. Yeah. And I very much like, I think I ignored the first part a lot of the time, but I was like, other people's needs are always came before my own, which is mm-hmm. like such an unsustainable and unhealthy way to actually live. And so it's taken like a long time. And I still actively like my default is like other people's needs come before my own. And so like, I think it's, it takes a lot of energy and effort to like strike a balance where like your life can look healthy and sustainable, but also you can like have servitude in a way that feels like a good balance. I really feel that. I think that was one of the biggest things I had to unlearn and then relearn in a different way was how to serve others without depleting myself. Or when I was already depleted, trying to pour that extra last drop into someone else. Yeah. Because, um, I, yeah, huge advocate for you can't pour into someone else's cup unless your cup is full. So, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like, yeah, like you can't pour into someone else's cup unless your cup is full. And like my cup, like emotionally and circumstantially, like for a lot of my life was like broken. And so it was like, I was trying to pour into my own cup and it wasn't. And then I was like, but I can pour into other people's cups. It's like, it was just mm-hmm. chaos. Like, I think... I, yeah, I think the, like, also like your cup can't be filled if you don't have a safe emotional environment or like, like all those things to, to hold those things. Right. Like I, I think about when I think about a lot of like my childhood, it wasn't like tragically bad, but it was just weird. And like, yeah, like my cup was definitely like anytime somebody filled up my cup, I didn't, there was holes in it. So it was like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, my cup's still empty. Cause I didn't know how to carry any of that or receive any of that. And so it's like, until you figure, until I figured out how to like have a cup <laughs> that was sustainably fillable, it was really hard for me to like give from a place that actually had a positive impact. And now I feel like I can do that better. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's that's like, process that. <laughs> I think that that's like, I, when I look back on a lot of, like, I feel like I did a lot of work in my twenties to like figure out who I was and been in therapy for a long time. But like, when I look back at like, I don't think I had a D as deep of friendships in like my teenage years and like elementary school. And it was just like, yeah, my cup had holes in it. And so like, it was really hard to like, I didn't know how to take care of myself. And I don't think I learned a lot of those things at a young age. And then like when other people kind of tried to help me, it was like, I couldn't hold on to any of that. Cause I didn't have the skill set for that either. I read something one time that was along the lines of you can only know someone as deeply as you know yourself, which Mm -hmm. I think goes hand in hand with healing yourself and like patching those holes like you're talking about. I think, I guess you get to know yourself on such an intimate level when you put in the work to do the healing because it requires a lot of 
pulling up the layers and, and just diving in and sitting with yourself and running through those thoughts. And oh God, it's a lot. It's a lot of work though. I feel like there's a lot of like, people are like, go to therapy. It's great. Therapy is great. It's also so hard. Yeah. I've been in therapy since I was 15, which is like a long time. So I've been in therapy for 12 years on and off with like good therapists, terrible therapists, mediocre therapists. My therapist right now is really great. And I'm in this cool stage in therapy right now where like I've had a good therapist now for like a year that I really love and I've put in all this work. And it's like, I'm in this healing type of therapy that like I heal from one thing and then, oh, that connects to these six other things. And so it's like, sometimes I feel like trauma is all interconnected. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I do this thing because this thing in my childhood happened. And also this thing happened. And that's also why I do this and this and this. But healing also works like that, which I don't think I knew that I'm like, oh, if I can let go of this, I can let go of these 12 other things because Mm -hmm. these are connected. And so I'm in this beautiful healing thing. I just I just was in the Dallas airport uh, on my way home from Salt Lake City, and I left all my ex boyfriends in Texas. I don't. I, oh, nice. I left them. I left a Nalgene that a guy that I like half dated in college gave to me like in 2015, and it was like the one thing that I was just like, this is the sweet little thing that I still have of him, and I was like way too emotionally attached to it at some like that I didn't realize, and I left it in a bathroom, and I was like. I don't care anymore. And I was like, I actually don't care about any of them anymore. I was like, they weren't right for me. They did not work out. I've spent so much of my life, like trying to prove my worth to people that are like not interested in me. Mm. And I was like, oh, we're leaving it all in Texas. <laughs> like, not that any of those people are garbage people. Like, I think I finally got to a point that I was like, they're humans that I was not compatible with. And I've spent so much of my life, like, trying to be good enough or interesting enough for other people. And I was like, I don't think, I think I know enough about love and community and friendship at this point in my adult life that like, why am I trying to be in a relationship with somebody that I'm like actively trying to convince that I'm good enough for them. And like, I think most of my serious partnerships like looked like that. So I'm like in this fun new era where I'm like done trying to prove myself to people that aren't interested in me anymore. And that's like, but I'm like, oh, that's like healing. Cause if we go back to kindergarten, when I had my first crush on a boy who didn't like me back, I'm like, oh, did we just, we just do 20, what is that? 23 years worth of work. Did I just be like, oh, I'm going to forgive every part of every version of me that like felt like not good enough. I forgived all of that and like let go of all of that. Cause it was all coming from like a place of just wanting to feel good enough. Mm-hmm. And that was beautiful. It was like, I lost one Nalgene and then all of that from that came like, oh, I'm going to forgive myself for seeking out men who aren't interested in me for my entire life in just in the airport, drinking a Dunkin' Donuts coffee. (laughs) Sometimes it just happens in really unexpected places. Yeah. And it's great. But now I'm like, I feel like it opened up my mind to be like, yeah, like since kindergarten, I've been like boy crazy. I've been boy crazy my whole life. My Mm -hmm. mother would, you know, she would say that for sure. And now I'm just like, oh. I don't care. Yeah. And I'm like, what it like opened up the space in my brain that was like, wow, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like, I, I was I with you the other day when we, someone who just, had just turned 30. 
Uh, yeah. And they were like, Oh, your thirties are so great. And I feel like leaning into like my late twenties and stuff. I didn't know that growing old felt like this. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like when you're younger, you like, look at like life and you're like, Oh, I'll have a house and be married. And all the things I thought when I was younger, I'm not at, at that at all, but the comfort I have in my own brain and my own body. Which, like, also was the result of work and antidepressants. We're not going to, like, <laughs> give all the credit to just growing older. Like, it, I, I think that sometimes living in our brains and our bodies can be really hard and asking for help is super important. So I don't want to diminish that. Absolutely. Thank you. For, I just tangented for a long time. That's so. But this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> no, I think that's really beautiful. And um, I feel very similar. I feel like I'm stepping into this energy where I just don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah, it's, it's so, so great. I don't know. Did I tell you I'm doing like a year of celibacy? No. Have you ever talked about it? No. <laughs> But this is the perfect time to talk about it when yeah. there's potentially an unknown amount of listeners. <laughs> I'm an open book. I just don't care. Yeah. Everyone can know every single facet of my life. But how far into the year are you? Sorry, okay. I didn't. That's okay. <laughs> this is the crazy part. I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet. Is I'm in month 10. Wow. Yeah. So like this calendar year. This Yeah. So sorry to you, the listener. <laughs> this is TMI. <laughs> but the last time I had sex was in January. Wow. And I want to finish the year at least. And honestly, I feel like now, like it's just done so much for me. I haven't even like really been dating. I've been going on dates this year. It's mm-hmm. just been purely myself. I mean, I've been traveling a lot. So it's not like I've just been sitting in my house twiddling my thumbs or meditating or working on me every second of the day. But it has been the most healing years of my life. And I feel so comfortable in my body and in my skin. And like, I feel like I have a, a deeper sense of self that just wasn't there before. I'm not going out trying to capture the attention of someone or trying to like fill this void that I denied existed for a few years. But yeah, I don't know. It's been really great. So I'm doing the celibacy thing. And honestly, I'm like, I don't even know if I want to stop after the end of the year. Because now, I think after I left my relationship last May, I had like a hot girl summer and I didn't like what sex was becoming for me. Mm -hmm. So that's why I decided to take this step back. And um, yeah, now it's like, I'm just craving emotional intimacy, but I don't know if I'm quite there yet to try to find someone to be emotionally intimate with, because that's terrifying and brings up a lot of drama. (laughs) So that's my little tangent. I'm a little celibate. I love that. Yeah, no, I, I feel like we're similar in the way that like, I love a boundary for myself. Like I, after my ex and I broke up, we're coming up on like a year on Hall. We broke up on Halloween, which like, I, I like, I now kind of love Halloween because as a teacher, it's like so fun. And I thought it would ruin the holiday for me and it just like didn't at all. It's kind of like exciting because I think I'm in a place now where I'm like, we were just not compatible people, but it feels good to be like, I have been single for a year. I've like seen a few people and stuff, but like nothing that serious. And so it's like the coming of like one year of being like, wow, I've been no one's anything for a year. It's like so freeing. Mm -hmm. And that's similarly, I'm kind of like, we had talked about like that this, the topic kind of or thought about this was about like time scarcity. And like, there's a part of me that like, I want to have a family at some point. And like, I'm 27 and like, my brain's like, okay, like, time like you know the the female clock ticks Mm -hmm. and I but I'm at a place right now where I'm like I'm so happy on my own and like 
I have, I like look at my schedule for the week and I'm like, when would I fit somebody in? And even like, I think I was on hinge at some point and was like trying to make plans with somebody. And I was like, okay, we can make plans like two weeks from now. And then I got, this was like in the spring and then I got sick. (laughs) So we rescheduled our date and then he had something come up. We just never ended up going on a date. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'm not that worried about it, but it's like, I don't even, unless I feel like I'm at a point right now that dating sounds like a part-time job, which it is. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm not interested in it, which is fine. But like, I feel like, yeah, I just like don't, unless somebody could like move into my apartment and like do life (laughs) with me and be down to like, okay, like we can cook together. And like, I just want somebody who's going to make my life easier. Like my life is so beautiful without a partner right now. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten to like something I really missed in my last relationship was like, I am, I have a lot of really intentional one-on-one friendships that I think I get a lot of emotional intimacy from my friendships. And I like missed that a lot. Cause I think he didn't really understand that. I like, I definitely was like, had a bigger social circle and I think he struggled with that. He was like, I do you just like want to hang out and get coffee with your friends all the time. And I was like, cause I just want to share my soul with them. Like this is, I could sit and talk to most of my friends for like eight hours and then yeah. be like, okay, I'm good. This was lovely. It's like nice to actually have that. And I think dating, I'm like afraid to lose that again. Mm-hmm. And I think like, I even, as an independent person right now, I'm like, I don't have enough time. I'm like, with all of my interests, all my hobbies, all my friendships, my job, like, I don't have enough time. I hear that. The thing that I've been thinking about lately is like, my screens are so dirty. I don't have time. Like, I'm like, they would, they would let more light in. If I cleaned my windows and my screens, it would make me happier. And like, do you know how many things are on my to-do list that are more important than cleaning my screens? Honestly, I've never cleaned a screen in my life. See, this is, I used to be really, really type A. And I think I like went through phases in my life of being like type B, type A. And I think for a lot of my twenties, I was very type A, mostly because I dated very type A men. Mm -hmm. And I like, you know, I think I've cleaned my car like with a Q-tip, like the vents. And like, we're just not, I I just don't want to, I don't even want to know that that's something that's dirty anymore. Where I want to make enough money that I can both donate a lot of money and then have someone clean the insides of my car with a Q-tip to like, it's like, if I have enough money that I can help charitable causes, can I also spend a little bit of money to have somebody clean the inside of my car with a Q-tip? This is me speaking to your church drama. Yes. Cool, cool. You can have both. I just like, if I have, you know, money, I want to do something good with it, but also like I have someone, I hate cleaning so much. I don't have a dish. Do you have a dishwasher here? No, I actually love hand washing my dishes because my mom wouldn't let anyone touch the dishes growing up. So it feels like an act of rebellion. Wow. That's, I love that for you. If you ever want to come over and do my dishes. I'd be happy to. You're so welcome to. Yeah, I hate the dishes. It's the only thing I like to do, granted. Did you ever work as a dishwasher, though? No. See, that's my first job. I was like, I guess I had a paper route in middle school. Mm-hmm. I started like age 12. My parents were like, get a job. And I was like, all right, something to do. Uh, I When I was 15, I started as a dishwasher. You just scrub. And, and then like, I think you just, I like washing dishes, but I love to cook also. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not like a crazy, I don't use like every cutting board, but I definitely like make a lot of dishes. And then it... It takes so long. And maybe I'm just slow at doing the dishes, but I feel like every time I come home, I'm like, oh, there's more dishes. There's always more dishes. I feel like a really good trade-off is have me over for dinner and then I'll do the dishes because you cooked for me. 
actually, this is this is something that I wanted to talk to you about. I've found this recent life hack of that. Uh, our friend Lauren, she comes over once a week and she like, I pay for all the dinner things um, because she's kind of between jobs right now. She's like walking dogs and trying to start a crocheting business. You should give her a shout out, follow her earth to Ren on Instagram. She got really cool stuff. <laughs> um, but she comes over once a week and I buy all the groceries and figure out what we're, we like figure out together what we're going to make. And then she makes dinner and does the dishes while I clean and get all the stuff I need to get done. Cause we're really good at body doubling. And then she stays over. So it's like, we have this understanding that like it gives us both back energy. She loves to cook. And so it's like, she loves to cook and she likes to just like hang out in my apartment. And she like works for my apartment the next day for the whole day while I'm at work. And it's like, wow, I was thinking about like, what if we just had parties more often where we like did hard things together instead of like coming over for a wine night? Can I be like, Hey, I have these 18 things that I want to get done. Do you guys want to come over and do them for an hour? And then we could have a wine night. I love that. And we all play for our strengths. Like we, we wanted you to say, <laughs> <laughs> we played our strengths, you know? Oh, we yeah, yeah. Watch the distance. I thought I was like, I didn't know what you said, and I was just rolling with it, but I was like, I feel like I need to clarify, because I don't <laughs> like know. We all just play harp strings? <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, 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 for sure. We all just start a harp band. Um, I would need to learn how to play the harp, and so would all of our friends. You know how to play the harp? I know. <laughs> okay. But I'm willing to learn if that's what you want. I think that there's a lot of things that we should do before that. <laughs> Um, but like, I think I was thinking about this today. So like I, uh, I was at my sister's last night and I stayed over and I hung out with, I watched her kids this morning and, and I like came home and I was like, all right, I have to put my laundry away and clean my apartment and meal prep for the week and like do this and this and this. And I was like, I spend so much of my time like getting ready for the work week and like alone. And like, I, I live alone, which is fine. Like, I think I'd like to have a roommate, but it's hard with having celiac, but I spend so much of my time alone, just like prepping for my life. Like I've spent so much time like getting myself ready to get through and I'm trying to like figure out how to reframe. Like I spend so much time outside of work getting ready for work, but I don't spend a lot of time at work making sure that I'm enjoying my life outside of work. And like, who am I serving when I'm putting so much energy into like making sure that I can get through work and giving work? Like I love my job and I find a lot of purpose in it and it is like a lot of work. But I find like lately my job is so hard that like at the end of the day, I have nothing left. And I'm spending all this time and energy to like get through work and survive work. And like who in the long run, being a teacher and not getting paid that much, like who is that benefiting? Capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's benefiting the children, but it's not like necessarily sustainable. Yeah, I think a a joyful, stable, healthy teacher is much more benefiting the children than uh, depleting on the borderline of becoming unhinged. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm somewhere in the middle. I think I teeter to healthier. I don't work at all outside of my work hours right now Mm -hmm. just because I like... I think that they need to realize that I have a lot of responsibilities that is not really sustainable for one person. Mm -hmm. But like... Yeah, it's just like I don't get paid enough to work outside my work hours. If I made more money, like and it made sense to, it would be, but it's like I it's already without working outside my work hours sometimes like like I went to bed at 7:30 two nights last week. Wow. <laughs> I was like, am I okay? Like and it's I mean, with the days are getting shorter and like I have an autoimmune disease, so like I understand sometimes you just crash, but mm-hmm. like that's a thing I've been trying to figure out is like so much of my time right now feels dedicated to just surviving work and like I don't think that that's how I'm supposed to live. I don't think that's how anyone's supposed to live. No. No. I'm a huge advocate. I think we were just talking about this the other day, but I'm a huge advocate for 
work what you get paid <laughs> like, <laughs> and not a cent more and not a minute more. Yeah. Um, Cause that's, I don't know. I feel like, and I just, I'm not going to go on a political rant, but I'm just so tired of seeing the working class get exploited. <laughs> exploited. Um, so yeah. And that's like me included. I'm, I'm working up the courage to have some hard conversations with my boss and it's hard because it's a startup and um, I know they have limited resources and it's not the same as working for a corporate company. But yeah, any of the jobs that feel like they give you purpose, you have to like advocate a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like I worked in corporate marketing right out of college and I was making more than I make now. And like I got a standing desk, like my third one working there, like it was they threw money everywhere. Wow. But like my day to day was so boring and my job was so purposeless, like mm-hmm. that it's like like I think when you exist in in souls that we do, it's like it is 40 hours of my week. And like I I think that as much as I want to think like I can just work a job to like make money to live my life outside, I don't think that I could spend that much of my time awake not doing something that felt meaningful. Does your job feel meaningful? Um, Sorry, that, was, that felt like a really direct. I was like, does your does your job feel like it has purpose? <laughs> Whew, that's Sorry, a that was question. It's it, you know what we do isn't the most meaningful thing. Like it's just we work with film companies and movie theaters and we deliver movies from the production company to the theater on the cloud instead of like film reels on hard drives so maybe it's more environmentally sustainable but it's nothing like it's not like a humanitarian job or any kind of social service by any means um it feels more meaningful than working for just corporate level anything because i feel like i'm helping a little guy there's 10 of us in our company Mm all together and i do I like my leadership. I like my CEO. I think he's a great guy. And just to be able to work for someone that that's in alignment with my moral beliefs, is, yeah. is it feels a lot better than some of the jobs that I previously worked. But I don't know. Eventually, I mean, I just want to throw this out into the universe and somehow let it manifest. Eventually, I would love to just have enough money where I could be a full-time philanthropist. <laughs> and then that... Isn't that meaningful. the dream? That's, I think about how much there are just people out there with with stupid money and i'm like yes. do you have any idea the impact that you like that you could have on on one person on one community like mm-hmm. there's so i walk dogs after school because you know i gotta i feel like i could live off of my salary but i like travel too much and i like enjoy, like i i like to be generous and like i think also i'm trying to like save to buy a house at some point so it's like it's not an it's the salary that i can survive on but it's not so anyway tangent but I walk dogs after work and so I walk this dog that's like in the neighborhood next to mine that's like a little bit fancier and the people got a, the people next to the, the lady I walk a dog for got a heated driveway recently did I tell you about this don't know if you they did. got a heated driveway and they have this also they have this like giant copper buffalo in their front yard that they just put in and I I just wanted to like knock on the door and be like hi like would you ever like consider donating to my school like what like can you just tell me like what organizations that you support like have you heard of the ACLU like what are you uh, what are you doing with all this money like a heated driveway I mean I get it we live in Buffalo like that's great yeah like I just 
I think about that all the time that like, I also think about like the generational difference. Like I think the, like our parents' generation and the generation just like have no idea how little money our generation has or like how much debt we have. hundred percent. Like they're like, Oh, it's fine. And I'm like, Oh, like, yeah, no. Like my rent is more than your mortgage on the house that you bought 25 years ago. Double at this point. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. So I don't really know where we are going with this, but that's the point of this podcast someone once told me that like two different things uh my friend told me that texting me is like reading playing mad libs because when i i like my brain works faster than i type and i think like i think it's gotten better since i started like teaching english or it's gotten worse i because i sometimes just turn my brain off but i forget things i like my brain moves faster than i type uh, and he was like, you just got to figure it out. Like, I, you're giving me 70% and I just got to, like, guess what the rest of the words mean. But he also was like, when you tell a story, it's like, imagine a circle and it, you think it's going to connect. And it, like, goes around and then goes another way. And then go, and he was like, and it never. Like, there was a point in the beginning and it, you never really get back to it. He was like, I learned 55 things about you. And I'm kind of waiting for the story to end. But I also don't know where it was going. And he's like, it's just, it's an adventure. And you like, you never really, you think the ride's going to be over and it never really is. And I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I think this is why we get along so well. Because yeah. This is, I threw this disclaimer in the first <laughs> episode that I just recorded. I'm like, disclaimer, I digress so much. I follow the, is it rabbit trails or rabbit holes? I fall into the rabbit holes, follow the rabbit trails, whatever the I've never heard the expression, follow the rabbit trails. Really? But I like that. I might've just made it up just now. Wow. I got to trademark that now. <laughs> I also don't, I think you know this about me, do not know most references as I've seen very few movies and my pop culture understanding is so small. So like it might be an expression and it's just me. (laughs) If you poll the group of people, I'm definitely the outlier (laughs) always. That's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm bad. I'm a bad data participant. That's how I like modern pop culture. My friend Hannah, who's older than me, keeps me young Mm -hmm. and up to date with the references, all my references are like really old and oftentimes I will merge two references and like say, yeah, okay, so, okay, cool. Yeah, for sure. Or like I quote something like super obscure, expecting people to get it. And I'm like, you know, this episode of The Office, this specific thing, like I'm like, I looked at you the way she looked at him and they're like, what the fuck? Like, no, Jenny, like that. Why did you think anyone was going to get that? And I'm like, I don't know. I really try. <laughs> I get really proud of myself when someone's like, have you seen this movie? And I'm like, I have, I have, I've seen it. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> we get it. You, we get it. You've seen 12 movies and this is one of them. <laughs> we love that energy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. Who even knows how we ended here? How we yeah. Landed here? Do you have any like final questions for me? Should I have final questions for you? <laughs> is there any social media that you want to plug? Any business oh, aspects that you want to plug? No, plug so away. I am too busy that I do not want to promote my business right now. If I'm being honest. <laughs> it's, I, it's totally fine. Um, yeah, no, I don't think anything, honestly, uh, donate to something that you feel good about that helps people in need right now. That's the only thing. Don't find me on the internet. Um, just like find a cause that you care about. Donate monthly. 20 bucks is nothing when it leaves your bank account. Uh, money goes a long way in little spots. Like if you talk to anyone who works in the nonprofit industry, like the donors that there are donors that donate like $10,000 yearly, but the donors that make a difference are the donors that donate every month because they can consistently rely on them to pay people and to like mm-hmm. keep, uh, like grants going and keep programs accelerating and stuff like that. So yeah, that's, 
don't follow me. Don't find me. Just find something to donate to. Okay. I love that. <laughs> I don't like, I'm in a place right now where I don't want any of my, any, I have, t- I, I used to have four Instagrams and now I have three. Uh, and I kind of just like, I hate social media and I kind of just like want to, I don't, this is going to tangent from, for like our, uh, wrapping things up, but like I'm in a place right now where I like want to quit things because I just like, I've had, I've had my business for like five years and I love it and it has potential to grow and I have all these ideas, but it's like, I don't have the time and I don't want to do it mediocrely. And I also don't feel like the drive that I used to for it. And I also feel like a lot of my like self-confidence and purpose is not like inflated because of it anymore. And I don't know how much, like it used to be something that I really needed to like function and to like help with my mental health. And I just don't like, I don't need it that much anymore. So I'm kind of like trying to slow that down. And I have a gluten-free Instagram too. Um, and like, I'm in a really good place with food. It was like kind of a healing thing that I did for a while when food felt really hard. Uh, and it's like a fun thing every now and then, but it just like, doesn't, they don't feel like the most important things right now in my life that I, I have other stuff that I want to put energy towards. And those things just feel like they're at the bottom of the list. And I'm okay with that. This is the big thing that I'm learning is it's like, just because those used to be a top priority and I used to do them really consistently and I think well, does not mean I have to keep doing that. Like Mm -hmm. you can have something be important and then quit it and never do it ever again. And no one cares. Like, yeah, like people are going to think I stopped doing this. And it's like, no one's paying that much attention ever. And if they are, who cares? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Do so follow the joy, follow the peace. I'm, yeah. I'm a master at starting and quitting things. So if you ever just need some advice on how to quit, yeah, let me know. <laughs> but like I'm in the season of letting things go because it's like, but I think the internet makes that hard because you see like, like a micro amount of other people's lives and you're like, wow, I want to get into crocheting. I want to learn how to do this. And you're like, I like love learning a new thing and I hyper fixate that I'm like, do I need do I need to learn how to crochet? Probably not. No. No. And like, oh, I want it. This is, this is, we're, <laughs> we're going somewhere eventually, but we'll <laughs> let you guys leave. Um, I've just finished The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Mm-hmm. Great book. Would definitely recommend it. I don't think that this is a spoiler alert. She like gets f- kind of frozen in time and she lives a really long time. And it was both, it both made me feel like, like if you lived 10 lifetimes, you still wouldn't get to be able to experience all the things that you wanted to experience. And at the same time, it like made me both overwhelmed and relieved. I was like, if in 10 lifetimes, she couldn't do all the things, how am I supposed to do that in one lifetime? And then I'm like, oh, also I'm never going to be able to do all the things that I want to do. I'm never going to be able to travel to all the places I want to travel to. I'm going to continue to grow as a person and find new interests. And in order to like fully be present and experience life, I have to let the stuff go. Like my business, I might close it at some point. It doesn't need to live forever if it's taking away from me experiencing the like next season of my life. Yeah, I love that. See, and I'm, I'm someone that loves to try new things and I try so many new things. But I have no issue just trying it once and moving on. <laughs> once in a while, though, I'll make something my entire personality, which I did with my porch. Yeah. And, like, photography, right? Like, at some point, yeah. photography was just a hobby. And now you're an incredible full-time photographer. Part-time you, photographer. For part-time. You, I mean, part-time. Yeah, I feel like you have two full-time jobs. It and now, like and now podcast. This is why we're friends. But are we... Is this bad? Are we bad for each other in this? <laughs> we continue to both just, like, take on more than we can handle. 
This see, but this feels like something that was manageable for me because I have people sit on my porch and have these in-depth conversations with me multiple times a week. So all I'm doing now is just recording it. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, once I get used to it and the whole editing process, I don't think it'll be as time consuming as I thought it would be. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm like zero expectation. I attach very little expectations to anything these days. So if this becomes too much to handle, then it does. And I let it go. So it's yeah, fine. no, that's good. Sorry. I didn't mean to assume that you were taking on more than you can chew. This is just like, I, I mean, I'm I very excited for you about this. I just was like, as we were listing, as you were listing all the things, I was like, Oh, we're both, we're both just like extroverts with a lot of interests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. No, it's great. Everything <laughs> we're is okay. We're that's living, we're learning. the theme. Everything is fine. Everything, Everything is, is fine. fine. I'm fine. It's fine. <laughs> Okay, I will wrap us up, and how I intend on wrapping us up with every episode is just asking you, what is one simple joy that you have? What is one simple joy? Oh my, why is this so stressful? This is the hardest, knowing that this is the end of the conversation is the hardest thing for me, because I'm like, this is the thing. I'm like, I don't ever want to leave a conversation, ever. Um, oh, what is one simple joy? There's, this is really hard. I thought adding a simple in front of joy. No, I just like, there's too much good in my life that it's hard to think about. Like it's a good problem. I think, yeah, I don't know. So this is my simple joy, uh, on my fridge. I have a picture of all the people that I consider to be like my community. Mm -hmm. I like have a Polaroid printer and when I'm having a hard day, I go look at it, but I look at it all the time because it's on my fridge. That's my simple joy is that like, I look at that and I have, I have a beautiful group of people that actively choose to be in my life. And just like that simple joy of knowing that, that like I get to spend this life with people that are like kind and thoughtful and care about the world and humans. And like so many people that I work with are like incredible, genuine, deep people. And those are a lot of my like inner community and just, yeah. I think that I get to do life with really beautiful people, like not aesthetically. I mean, a lot of my friends are aesthetically beautiful. This is this feels like I'm going down a dark, just like so many beautiful souls. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. All my friends are hot, but like <laughs> everybody's hot. It's fine. We're just hyping everybody up. But like <laughs> that I get to spend this life with like so many people that uh, show up in the world in such an incredible way. So, wow, your simple joy just made me tear up. No, I'm. <laughs> You know, you made me cry in the beginning. Now I made you cry. It's the circle of life. <laughs> the circle. Okay, we're not, we're not doing that. Should we? Should we? Uh, should we sing it out? <laughs> like your outro. I don't have like. I need to come up or record or do something uh, in front of. Just where can we find you if we want to follow you? Oh my goodness! You can follow this podcast at Porch Club Podcast on Instagram and. Um, that is it. Yeah. As of now. Oh, but by the time this is released, you'll be able to find me on Spotify and hopefully Apple Music as well. Cool. At Porch Club Podcast. Insert crickets chirping and like a soft summer breeze. I also have these four songs. <laughs> yeah, that was better. <laughs> I feel like this is more of an like an outro. Oh, we restarted it. Yeah. Come back next week for for more giggles and depth. Yeah. yeah. Giggles and depth. I love that. All right. Goodbye, my friends.